It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, when I tell you that it is the fastest-selling non-fiction book of all time, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's Prince Harry's new book out this week called Spare and with... The book in mind, we gave uh, a task to two wonderful women to read the book for us. You know her well from Academy Books. She's our book reviewer on Late Lunch. Irene Gahan has read it. She's with us. And I'm also joined by the wonderful Sheila Bailey, who is former CEO of the Ireland Fund of Great Britain, free woman of the City of London, horse racing enthusiast, and has worked closely with the royal family from time to time. Ladies, you're welcome to the show. Thank you both for joining me this afternoon. Sheila, if I could begin with yourself well you've read it cover to cover yes um most of it most right. of it not qu- not quite there yet nearly um nearly yeah well yeah. what do you make of it um never had so much been written about so little oh quite frankly oh um i i think i've i've completely uh, had an about turn view on all of this i I, as I said to Louise, I'm almost embarrassed to admit I have watched all the programmes, all the documentaries, mm. all the interviews. But, you know, what does it all add up to? A disgruntled young man who's, let's face it, not terribly bright, married to someone who is from such a different cultural background to his. He's left home... He's unhappy about lots of things, and he just keeps going on and on and on about it, and none of it's changing anything. Mm. It's not changing it for him. It's not changing it for his own wife. It's very possibly changing the royal family and how they um, how they run their, their households and how they manage things. But for somebody who says, I'm, uh, this is about the man I've become and not the prince I was born, it's not really. It's all about the prince he was born and the fact that he is the additional one and doesn't have the top billing. Yes. Um, so it's... it's uh, And <clears throat> I was reminded of a great phrase by that great Irishman, um, uh, Jonathan Swift, when he said, Censure is the tax a man pays to the public for being eminent. And, you know, he took... He didn't have any option, I admit that, but to take the life that he was handed. But if he wanted to change it, he had the opportunity to do that. Other members of Europe's royal family have given up their titles, gone to live in America, married a banker, live in Miami. Nobody knows who they are. They get on with it. Mm. He possibly couldn't have been quite so anonymous 
but he's kept his title and his entire reason for living seems to be to repeat the same hurts and wounds over and over again. And that she- is not making you a better person. Yes, and Sheila, do you think bridges have been born now that will never be mended? Never. There's no coming back from this. Mm. I mean, everybody's been... He's had a go at absolutely everybody. There's, there's no way you could come back from this. And I think the fact that... Um, King Charles, I always want to call him Prince Charles. <laughs> King Charles continues to be uh, very, very genuinely kind in his comments. I think he's hurt, but he's not going to offer anything else up. It is business as usual for them. Um, but I don't think they can ever come back. And you know, there's something that I was thinking as, as I face imminent grannyhood next month. Harry and Meghan's kids are growing up with all of this endless repetition of every wrong that was ever done to them. And that's what they're listening to. That's not good for any child. Children learn by example. And I mean, to be a leader, and he, Harry's always talking about leading change and making the world a better place, not sure you do it by trashing your family seven days a week. Mm. Stay there, Sheila. I want to bring Irene Gahan into the conversation, our uh, late lunch book club reviewer of late and owner of Academy Books and voracious reader and has had this book and been stuck in it for the last couple of days again on our behalf. Thank you, uh, Irene. Irene, give us your general impressions, please, from your perspective. I want to talk about the book rather than the person. Mm. I know that sounds... We, I, think we, I think we have to separate... Harry, in some ways, you know, it is non-fiction, it is his book, it's, it's what he perceives his truth to be. The book itself is, um, I mean, it has outsold, and I think there is an element of car crash, you know, that kind of voyeurism and whatever. I mean, we've had The Crown, we've had all the other biographies, we've had everything. But I mean, this, the book itself is quite interesting in terms of reading it from the point of view of he is a normal, in, in one sense, he's a normal guy dealing with emotions, but he's come from extraordinary circumstances and he's in extraordinary circumstances. And I know it's kind of a, it kind of sounds a bit, an awful, a very, very odd, but I think he's, he, there's so much, um, the British media have literally gone to town. I mean, you, the, some of the stuff that's in it, they've gone to town on their characters and yeah, everyone can have an opinion, but they've, this is exactly what he was fighting against. They, they've gone to town. They've taken sound bites. They have, you know, they've gone to town on these two individuals. But we never really knew about him, his life, his things, you know, things he did. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily he, say he wasn't um, a bright individual because obviously he's a pilot. I mean, he learned to fly. Um, it's not easy to learn to fly. I know. Um, I've, so it's not an easy thing. So he must have some intelligence. And he has had, a, from a book point of view, what I loved about the book was there are things in there that we never knew. I mean, mm. even the things where, you know, and I know the book gives those all these little anecdotes and little things um, that we would have only seen um, sort of headlines for. And, and the headlines in the British media have very much always taken... Harry's, you know, Will's good, Harry's bad. And they've always taken this approach to it. But when you actually read the book, you know, there's quite, there's very sad parts to it. And there's very kind of joyful parts. But he was always very aware 
I think in the book that he was always second. Mm. Um, and, 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 and Will, you know, and William, he could do stuff that William couldn't do and he could get away. And he, and you see that little kind of, I think in the book, you see that kind of mischievous kind of character, you know, um, that his, he's probably more like to, like, like, like his mother, if that makes sense. Yes. And, and, and you, you know, see you... his character coming through. I think you see his character. Okay. You see his circumstances. And the book is about, it, it's, you know, Everyone's truth is different, um, and everyone's perception of it is different. And I liked reading it, and I liked the anecdotes. I liked the little bits and pieces in it um, that gave you more of an idea from behind the, you know, behind the inverted commas, the headlines. Does and, that make and, sense? But but you heard Sheila there saying, you know, raking over the coals again, bringing up lots of things. You know, even though you're right, there's it's been selective some of the quotes from it and and the passages taken from it, but. but would the book have been the same had that not been included? Was it necessary to do that? Um, like, I'm enjoying the book. I'm enjoy- I enjoyed it all week. I dipped in, I dipped out all week. I've read nearly all of it. Um, I'm not a royalist in any way. Mm. I have, you know, I would have had a soft spot for Harry from, you know, always had a soft spot for, for Harry. Just because he seemed to be able to go and do the things um, that he that he kind of wanted to do and could kind of mm. get away with, um, but but it, I don't have a, I, my opinion is really on the book and the writing of the book, and I think yeah. the book gives you a little bit more about him and his character, and he does come across as very kind. Yes, he's going over things that everyone has seen, but we have only ever got the headlines before, and the British media have literally just taken him. Like I don't think there's anybody has saying any particularly nice things about him, but I actually think. As a book, as a memoir, it's very, very interesting. And it does actually give you an insight into what he's gone through. And I think I'm looking at it from the book's perspective. Does that make sense? Mm. And, and it's a great read. It's a okay, great yeah, and, and that's, that's why we have you here, because of your interest in books. And you're just, a, as I said, a voracious reader of all types of books. And he does, you mentioned the press there. You know, he, he's not impressed at all with the Telegraph's royal correspondent. Our own Rebecca, Rebecca Brooks, he calls her rehabber kooks in a play in our name in the book as well. You know, not impressed yeah. at, at all in that area. Let's bring Sheila back in. Sheila, you hear what I Irene has to say there from her perspective and her read of it. I do. And it's just, just to lighten the tone a little bit, one of the reasons I was at home earlier this week was to go to the official launch of um, The Mystery of Four, written by my friend Sam Blake. Mm. She was knocked off the number one spot by Harry's book. <laughs> um, just, just to go back to that, um, Harry only attacks the tabloid media. The British media adored Harry. Harry could do no wrong. Meghan could do no wrong. Her accusations of racism, there was little evidence of that. She is the only one who talks about racism. I remember her first public outing at Royal Ascot. And we were sitting having our lunch when suddenly people started running. I mean, I thought there was a a fire or something dreadful had happened. And people ran to see Meghan. She rode in the first coach with the Queen. And as they emerged, the Queen stood back and let Meghan have centre stage. Uh, Quite frankly, she was adored. Everybody loved her. Nobody had any issue with racism. Actually, to be honest, nobody even noticed that there was an issue, as with most people... Carried it off. There was that wasn't it wasn't the case. So what happened, um, Sheila? What happened? Where did it go wrong? Can you can you get can we can you take anything from the book? Uh, because the bit that and I don't think 
um, I, I think this is probably the issue. Harry was born into that. He was born into the establishment and his mother was establishment. She might have played the media game, but she was part of the establishment. I think she would hate what's going on. Meghan married into a family and a culture she didn't understand, didn't like, and she put her own needs first. You don't do that in the royal family. There is a pecking order. There are households. That's the way it works. And if you, if you think of the whole idea of the spare, who was the greatest, most difficult, most awkward, most badly done by spare in the British royal family? It was Princess Anne, because she was always going to be the biggest spare, because at the time she was a woman. So she, even if anything had happened, she would never mm. have taken the throne. And she grumbled and she whinged and she moaned for quite a few years and she threw tantrums. But she knuckled down and she got on with her own life and she made a life that is essentially quite private. She lives most of the time in Gloucestershire when she's not on, on official business and she gets on with it. If you, the, the Queen, you know, the woman was one of the wisest people we had in this country. There's no half in and half out. Yeah. You're in or you're out. Yes. And he couldn't, he couldn't accept that. I have to ask... I think, go on, go on. I, I think um, he has, he'll never be forgiven for what he's done. And when you talk about being a feminist, and he talks a great deal about his views and his feminism, he's attacked everybody. He's attacked Camilla... He's, I mean, look, look at the way he, he laughed about um, the matron at school. That was mean and nasty. Mm. You know, they're just... It, 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 I'm sorry, the, the great feminist laugh doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, stick with me at all. Sheila, you uh, being uh, involved with uh, the equine uh, industry over there, when I mentioned three names, Catherine O'Mani, Susanna Harvey or Emma Tomlinson, who is it, Sheila? Um, you know the, what I'm getting. You know what I'm getting at. The Tom, yeah, the Tomlinsons are a very, very famous polo playing yes. family in Gloucestershire, um, and they would all have been, they would all have been friends for years. Well, they would have operated in the, in the same area. Yes. They would all have played polo in the same club. Yes. It's just down the road from Highgrove. Yeah, these are the women that have been speculated that was, you know, his yeah. first love or whatever. But anyway, I'm yeah. only I'm only throw them in into the conversation for a bit of likeness, really. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't come out. There's a lot of speculation, isn't there? There is. There's always speculation about yes. these things. And again, it's years down the line. Yes. And these people all have families. True. And, you know, the it's moved on. people know exactly what went on. Yes, yeah. there's, yes. There's no point talking about No, that. no, and, and, and I just throw it in for a, an, an aside to what we're talking to today. Look, I have to leave it there. Irene, before we go, is it walking out of the shop? Oh, we are. We've sold out completely. We've got four more in today. Uh, and we had those orders were were already booked <laughs> yes. from Tuesday. Um, I think it'll still, you know, we're waiting to see if we actually can get any more copies because there's not very many. I mean, there's literally no copies to be yes. had for love yes. nor money in, for, in, in most of the most yeah. countries. It just um, shows you. I, I, yeah. But I think that's, that's, that is the interest in, 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 yes, you know, the, in the I book. I suppose the interest in the person as much as, as anything yes, else. Yes, and the person, as you say, as well. It's inter- it really is interesting to get uh, the two different perspectives on the book. I thank you both for reading it on our behalf and for joining me on the show today. Really appreciated by us here on Late Lunch. Sheila Bailey and Irene Gahan, thank you so much for joining me. Cheers, Thanks, Gary. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. 
TV Themes. TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, Memories, memories, it brings them back to this kid anyway. The TV theme this Friday afternoon. I have a lovely prize for one of you. What is the name of the TV show that that theme song comes from? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'll be interested to see how many of you get that one. It's a challenge indeed, but I smile when I hear it. Yes, from my childhood, not today or yesterday. Talking about young people, well, the studio is full of them at the moment because, you see, we're going to talk about something quite different for the next while. I don't know what's in the water in St Mary's Diocesan School in Drogheda, but by God, it works. That's all I'll say. Roisin Curtis is here, fabulous teacher, and she's joined today by Paul Galvin, Max Lennon, Brandon Monaghan and James Bell. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. It's great to have you with us. us. Not at all. Roisin, tell us what you've come up with in this (laughs) wonderful school at the start of a new year with these young men. Well, um, well, it's not necessarily that I came up with because we got a professional in to do it. But um, obviously, you know yourself over the years talking to me as TY coordinator, I'm always looking for new things to bring into the programme and different things to try out with the boys. And I kind of said, do you know what? It's January. We all have New Year's resolutions. Why not start the year off with a few intentions and do a bit of self-care? Uh, number one, because it's important for our mental health. And number two, because obviously skin care for boys isn't something that's necessarily taught in schools. So we got a professional makeup artist in, Amanda McCarthy. Uh, we had her in earlier on in the year for a special effects workshop. She actually d- does skin care and grooming workshops. Uh, so she came in last week and the boys all learned about how to uh, clean their skin properly and how to make all organic uh, face masks using <laughs> stuff they'd find around the home. And I think somebody... Uh, I think Louise was uh, maybe snooping on the Facebook page, our our school Facebook page, Humans of St. Mary's, and uh, came across some of the pictures and thought it was quite uh, different. So give us a shout to come in and talk about it. Yes, and it is quite different. And when you mention young fellas and skincare, you know, we're in 2023 now. You'd expect that young men are looking more at their image and how they look. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think in general they are. But uh, I know myself, I have nieces and nephews and it would be my nieces who are more into if they come for a sleepover in mine, they're putting on the face mask and they look forward to that, you know. <laughs> uh, whereas the, the nephews don't necessarily fall for that. But you'd be surprised... Uh, I think the boys here taste it more than they put on their face <laughs> at some stage. Um, but yeah, I think we've converted them all. Maybe they'll, they'll give a bit of an insight into it. They're going to now, but I have to tell you, there's porridge oats on the table here. There's honey on the table here. So it's using all, you know, you're talking about foodstuffs there. It's stuff yeah, that we generally yeah, consume. All natural. All you know, natural yeah, to go on the face. Yeah, found around the home and, and there's great properties in it. Now, uh, you don't know this yet, but the reason we have the porridge and the honey is because uh, James there is going to make up a face mask mask and we're going to apply it on you today and now during this interview Hold so you on. can get a bit of feedback on what the boys uh, went through themselves. Hold on a minute. I know nothing about this. <laughs> 
Well, listen, did, if you want Did you, you tell Louise Walsh about this, did you? Well, you know, I might have got a wee bit of a suggestion there from Louise, uh, but the boys were looking forward to it. So James there is mixing it up as we speak. It has uh, oats in it and some honey. Um, and again, I think he may have done a bit of a taste test there. But uh, we're going to apply some of it there now at this moment in time while we're talking. I've never, I've never. Had, hold on a second. I want to talk to the boys and then we will, <laughs> we will do it. No, I will do it. Yeah. I've never had a face mask. There you okay, go before well, there you all go, my time. Let me bring some of the lads into the conversation. Paul. Yes, Max. Max, sorry, Max, Max Lennon. Uh, Max, tell us about this whole concept and, and, and what's happened in the last week. What do you make of it yourself? I think uh, it was very good because we're not usually taught about our skincare and we don't usually take care of it. Mm. But to have someone come in as a professional like Amanda, she's done really well with it and she used all natural ingredients and stuff to uh, make a face mask for us. And it's easy to do at home. You don't need to go out and buy everything. Not expensive at all. And it can help. Uh, clear your skin and acne and it can be used whenever you want just for a couple of minutes and you wipe it off and it's gone do you use anything or have you been using anything yourself before she came in and uh, and taught you uh, Amanda what do you do before typically? she came in I may have just used a bit of moisturiser after the shower yes. but not the certain products she gave us products that we should be using you could just buy a random one yeah. instead uh, we've been using she gave us ideas like rose water to use bulldog products which are all very good for the skin for young people, which you can use for the rest of your life then. Mm, and these are all natural products. Yeah. They don't come bottled up or under a brand name or anything like that. You'll find it in your in your home, in your yeah. kitchen, in your cupboards or whatever. You can make it everyone, or they do sell them in pharmacies yeah. and shops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, Paul Galvin, hello. Welcome sure. to the show. Thanks <laughs> for joining me. What about you and this? Had you any misgivings when uh, Roisin Curtis, your teacher, said, we're, we're going to give <sighs> this a crack for the new year? What did you think? Well, like, it's unusual for lads to be doing skincare, to be fair. Like, um, yeah. people our age don't really focus on stuff like that, but... Um, Obviously, new year, new me, new us, so uh, I decided, like, open mind to it. And that's, like, TY this year has been a lot about open mind and stuff like that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I had an open mind because a, a lot of lads our age would be playing sport and be more prone to bad skin. And, like, we don't really get taught about the skincare as much as the girls would do. We wouldn't be as interested, even though it's, uh, we're more prone to bad skin than them. Mm. So for boys in general of your age, TY etc, this isn't the thing as such, no. No, like no. like obviously there'd be the basics, like yeah. uh, make sure to wash your face before every night. But the stuff like the stuff Amanda was saying, like especially the rose water, like um like I've never heard of this before because I've never like looked into it or I've never been told about it. So to have someone actually come in and only talk about this and like for us, us to be the main focus of it is really good. Like, mm. you're looking good already. I'm looking <laughs> around the table. I think it's having the desired effect. Hop into that microphone there, Brandon Monaghan. To have a quick word with you. Come on, just swap places there for a second. And over you come, uh, James as well. James Belly's going to hop in there because we have four of the boys here. Represent. How many's in? How many's in your group or in your class? How many's in uh, TY roughly? Usually it's about twenty-four. Yeah, okay. there's ninety-six altogether. Four classes of transition year okay. this year. Yeah. yeah. So these guys have twenty odd in there, and is it? Yeah. Is this across all the classes this is happening or just yeah, these yeah, guys? Yeah, all four classes all four. did it. So all okay. 96 lads did it over the last week. Um, got a two-hour workshop in it. 
And yeah, as I said, um, all tried it, all tasted it. Mm. James here is a big fan <laughs> of the honey and, <laughs> and the oats, you know. But yeah, no, all tried it and all got stuck in, which was great to mm. see. Brandon, what's yeah. the, what's the, the reaction of your friends to this, to your female friends? What did the girls say about the boys putting honey and uh, yeah, porridge on their face? Oh, sure. I don't think they took us very seriously uh, at the time. Did they not? No. No. Sure. Even putting it on yourself, you kind of doubting it nearly like, oh, yes. you know, mm. is we really doing it or is it just for a bit of a joke? But So how long have you been doing this? How many days? Well, Since you came back? Was yeah, this yeah. early on in the new term? Yeah, this is yeah, just yeah, you were about a week, would you? A week or so on. And are you are you following it now? Are you doing what you know when Amanda came in and showed you and talked to you? Are you doing this every day now? Oh well, I mean, maybe not every day. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe. But you are doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm and sure. and what do you feel about it? What do you feel about this? It's definitely the information. Like, the information was definitely substantial to us. It's you know, mm. really does help. But you know, like uh, Paul said before, boys like our age don't really get taught maybe mm. stuff about this because of you know yes it's usually like something that we don't usually stereotypes maybe yeah, maybe. yes yeah. yes you know yeah. it is a female thing and you know mm. these barriers and stereotypes have been broken down all the time now. Yeah. don't yeah. to tell you that and it's good that it is it's not one or the, uh, or the other as such um, the honey man is with me here James <laughs> <laughs> James Bellio has been mixing away here a moment ago the honey and the flakes as well Um yeah. One big advantage is, I think, as well, if you were in a, in an old snog or that, you'd, <laughs> you'd taste nice, wouldn't you, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be sweet, like. Well, even we did a, a, a lip scrub as well, was another one, as well as the face masks that we had with um, brown sugar and um, coconut oil. Okay. And that was for, like, moisturising your lips and everything, so that mm. was good as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so on the lips... <laughs> On the cheeks, <laughs> on the neck, all over as well. When you look at the, you know, proprietary products, brands I'm talking about here, Aftershave, Bam, Care, all that type of stuff, would you be tempted to go this road entirely? You know, would, would it encourage you to? Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, it's it's really simplistic and you've got it already at home. And, um, you know, I suppose it's a lot cheaper as well than buying the products <laughs> in the little the little tubs that they come in. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And, you know, it is a thing for boys in that as well. We just sort of, our complexion, we didn't really bother, did we, about it in the past? No, Not no. at all, you know, but this is a, a quite a different take on it. So have you this thing mixed up? Have I really to do this? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Who's so, going to apply it? Well, we'll get James to stick it on there. Come on, come over here, stick it on. Hop back into that seat so, there, uh, young the man. The idea was that you mix up... Um, oats and uh, organic honey and mix it all into a paste and then spread it onto the um, yeah. onto the face and leave it for about six minutes so okay so where are you going to put this in me face where are you going to put it come on come ahead so, okay, so just mind me mind me headphones there because yeah. i won't hear them come on <laughs> so you want to get this nearly all over your face there really <laughs> yeah go on so get your cheeks <laughs> here first oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'd oh, say yeah, if you spread well it on with your fingers, there. it might yeah. be better, James. But yeah, he's putting it on your face now currently. Don't worry, you can drop anywhere. <laughs> there we go, on your chin. And you'll be and looking you years your younger now. now as well, Come on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what is this like? I'll tell you one thing, Louise Walsh is after... I think he's getting more of it Lu- on the floor Lu- Louise than Louise Walsh is after arriving into the studio here, and I'll tell you what. 
well I don't owe chef. you one, two, <laughs> three or four after this. Now, when the boys were getting this done, like obviously they were putting it on yes. themselves. But yeah. at the end Thank of it, you. they were Thank nearly waiting for her to turn around and say Hold on. that this is just one big prank we've been playing on you. Oh, Jesus, lovely. So you're tasting it. <laughs> I'm tasting it. It's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> so it's, it's gorgeous for sure. But uh, this is it. So this, this, this that I have on here is honey and... Uh, porridge oats. Yes, and it's um, very good for calming the skin. <laughs> see the sweat. <laughs> see you uh, dropping off me there with the heat in the studio. Look, it's, it's crumbling as I speak. Um, how long should you leave this on for? So six to ten minutes. The boys left it on for six minutes the other day and mm. it's basically a gentle exfoliant as well as um, calming the skin as well. You know? Yes. So again, all natural products. Mightn't feel the best when it's on, but uh, hopefully when you take it off, it'll feel, you know... I'll be just ten times rejuvenated. Yeah. yeah, they won't recognise you now. <laughs> <laughs> they won't recognise me in the minute as I look like this. But like, you know, as part of, you know, what you do up there, and you yeah. break new ground all the time. I Thank congratulate you. you on that. Do you, you really do in the school. You are people who, you know, think outside the box, do yeah. things outside the box and that as well. Thank um, you. And this is just another I- example of of that as well um, tell me about in general terms about uh, St Mary's you know, the way a lot of schools now are changing to uh, boys and girls schools yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is that on your agenda up uh, there I don't know it's not something that we've heard I'm sure yes. maybe down the road yes. it'll eventually come in but uh, no there's no talk of it as of yet it's as hard, of yet it's yeah. hard to take you seriously you, you're, there you're, when you you're, have a chunk of I will remember this day <laughs> well, yeah. and I can tell you Louise Walsh will remember oh, I repeat yeah, myself here she's <laughs> going to remember this day for a long time too but by extension is this it have they the the do you feel now boys that you have the nuts and bolts of this you know what I mean yeah like um, it's really good to know about it like obviously we have we've never been taught about stuff like this but mm. uh, it was mad like we like obviously when they were saying honey and oats in your Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. face I hadn't I was like this has to be a joke but um I went home and I even said this to my mom and she's heard of it as well like it's crazy how we've never heard of this yes. stuff like it's yes. never been told to us but to be 
Tolda is really good. Like Yeah, the natural product. And even yeah. the big thing, even a rose water, you know, we had a parent-teacher meeting last night. It was for second years, but there was a lot of TY parents at it uh, who have obviously kids in second year who were saying to me, oh, he's reading the press now looking for the rose water and, um, you know, that they're going out to buy it, which is nice because honestly, like the biggest thing for me when I booked this, apart from Amanda is amazing. Uh, Amanda McCarthy, she's a professional makeup artist and she has a Facebook page under her name. She mm. did a special effects workshop with us at Halloween mm. so the boys were learning how to do bruises and cuts and all that and they were really engaged in it and I kind of said when she said about the skincare, I thought you know what we need something like that because yes. mental health wise it's great you take those five minutes for yourself whether it's putting on a face mask or you know doing something nice like that uh, really makes a difference and and I think it's important especially in young boys you know we were always talking about um, mental health awareness within the school so it is important that we give them them tools of how to give back to themselves and prioritise themselves and even if that's all they take from the workshop that they did this week, that take those five minutes every day for yourself. It is helps important, them. You know? Is the rose water a moisturiser or a cleanser? Uh, rose water is kind of like a cleanser, but it actually it does everything. And it's really, she said, if there's only one thing you buy, go with that because it will clear splot- spots and blackheads and... Yes. Um, you know, it calms the skin and it's a toner as well. So honestly, yeah. that's the way to go. I think the most of them are putting that in the shop. And the week. honey and the oats that I have on adds moisture to the skin, replenishes yeah. the skin, revitalizes, so and it's an exfoliant too. Exfoliate yeah. the skin yeah. without taking too, without being too harsh. Mm. You know, you won't get any reaction to and that. And when you're finished with the mask, you can eat it. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's yeah. the great benefit of Breakfast it as well. You can do. <laughs> <laughs> all in one no excuses at all anyway look I wish you well thank you all for joining me in the studio today I'm sure you'll be back with something else uh, <laughs> to amaze us in the future but it's all there in your cupboards and uh, just you can check them out on this what's the Facebook page again so our Facebook page is Humans of St Mary's Day Austin School yeah. there you go well for the moment Roisin Curtis Paul Galvin Max Lennon Brandon Monaghan and James Bellew thank you for adorning my face <laughs> with this lovely us. face mask. Thank you for dropping in. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. At this time of year, and we've been talking about it quite a bit since we came back, you know, people making commitments to do new things in the new year and uh, making a pledge that they'll take up something. And that's the emphasis today, really, to take up something rather than perhaps giving up. And with that in mind, my next guest, I spoke to her in the past uh, about lingo tot in relation to children. But she's certainly expanding and spreading her wings. I'm delighted to welcome into studio on late lunch, Elena Calavia. Elena, good to see you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much much for inviting me and apologies for my croaky voice the weather doesn't agree with me in this country I tell you <laughs> you see Spain Ireland at this time of the year there's such a difference isn't there, there oh really absolutely yeah. absolutely mm. but I love Ireland as well as you know how long are you here I'm here over 22 years Jerry ah. yeah yeah long long time a long time and of course Spanish is your native tongue what other languages do you speak? Absolutely. I speak French as well. I uh, went to a French school from age five to age 18. I did French living cert and everything else in Spain. So I, I, I know firsthand how useful it is to learn languages from very young age. I have pupils age two that are learning very, very quickly in a toddler class. I have uh, little older kids as well up to age five. I have uh, primary school children who love it from day one. We do lots of activities. We sing, hence my voice. We <laughs> sing, play, 
learn teach um, read stories all in Spanish all from day one so mm. it's, it's, it's super so fun So what you say there this is interesting the earlier you introduce a child to a different language and of course you have English as well so you have three languages yeah, yeah. Um, the better Absolutely the brain the brain's child doesn't uh, discriminate between languages until age seven so the sooner you learn for children is the same to learn English or French or, Jean, or Japanese they don't make a difference in their brain they learn as quickly as their mother tongue as other mother, other long languages as well so the sooner the better as I say I have young children that are learning very very quickly at the moment yeah are we not at a loss in Ireland and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all to Irish our native tongue which is a wonderful language but that's from the word go in school you, the English language that we speak should we not be teaching a modern European language to children at school from the youngest age absolutely in other countries all over the world um, children start from preschool and um, primary school and I'm very happy that the Minister Norma Foley is going to be introducing, uh, reintroducing, because they were taught in the past, modern languages in primary schools in the near future. We don't have an exact date yet, but that's the intention. At the moment, there is a pilot scheme I'm also involved in in a number of primary schools in the area whereby I would go for eight weeks for an hour per class to introduce Spanish. Yes. And... And it's working very well. I have uh, eight schools this uh, term and uh, this year, actually, in uh, East Meath and Drogheda as well. And the children have great, great fun. And then they, mm. they get an interest for the language and then they might enroll in other classes afterwards. So through Lingo Tot, this is what you've been doing primarily. But as I said, you are now broadening your horizons and it brings into play people of all ages. Is it ever too late to take up a language? Absolutely not. A lot of studies have shown that learning a language when you're a little bit older improves your cognitive resilience. So in the future, when you're even older, you are less likely to get things like Alzheimer um, uh, mm. disease, for example. So I would encourage anybody who has an interest in learning a language to go and take it up because we are very good at taking you know having resolutions at the start of the year but more or less around this time in the middle of january we also seem to forget about resolutions including myself i must admit uh, so it's it's a it's the right time to learn a language and you don't have to learn the conditional tense you don't have to worry about the intricacies of grammar you can learn in a conversational class, in a fun class with other people like you, having a glass of wine or having a glass of water. Alcohol doesn't need to be involved at all. Uh, We have an informal class as well as Spanish one in the evenings in a divine restaurant in Drogheda and thanks to them for allowing me to offer my class there. And we have loads of fun. I mean, it's it's, we introduce things like how to order food, how to follow uh, uh, directions in Spanish or, God forbid, if I have an emergency, how to get by in in a hospital, for example. Practical, everyday language. None of the boring stuff. I like that. I have to say, I really like that. I think that's terrific that you do that. The one thing I know about, and I remember back to my school days, was an embarrassment of, you know, you know what I'm talking about, getting up in front of people and making an ass of yourself. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? How do you, you know, reassure me and others that that, that's not the case? Absolutely. I think we all we all can make mistakes. I made mistakes in English and I've been speaking English for 30 odd years and I, I'm not bothered. I mean, that's that's the way to learn new things. And people are not worried when you travel to another country if you don't use the right word. Mm. Once you get by and you make an effort, it's a way of showing your respect for another country yes. and another culture and another, another people. I think I love the recent problems we're having in Europe is because people don't seem to 
think about other people and other cultures and, you know, try mm. to understand other people's lives. That's very true. And, and we're big fans of Italy and it's something that I'm at a loss, to be honest with you, that we, I would love to have a few phrases that I could use uh, when I go there. Absolutely. Well, you're in luck because I'm actually recruiting at the moment. I'm recruiting more languages. So as soon as I have an Italian teacher, I'll be ringing you, Jerry. I would love you to do that because I'll take that up. I've been talking about it for years, but I'd be delighted to take that up and give it a go and see where it would would actually take me. And the other thing is to mention today, you're in the corporate sphere as well. Yes, yes. I've been uh, partnering with Skillsnet in Louth and they are very happy to contribute to 20% of any classes I give to corporates for their employees. So I'm planning on doing that maybe a little bit later in the year towards maybe April or so. So there are many companies that think about activities such as yoga or any other activities for their employees mm. as part of their social clubs, which are fantastic. But I'd also like corporates to think about wellness in the sense of let's do something else together. Maybe let's gather the whole team from CEO to the person that answers the phone to get them to know each other in a different setting without working, worrying about titles and all that. Uh, let's get away from the office for half a day and talk about another language and culture, you know, maybe yes. sample a little bit of food at lunchtime. Just think about a day in the life of a Spanish person. How is it very different to a day in the life of an Irish person, for example? Yes. You know, why do we eat at so, such crazy times? <laughs> you know, why do we eat certain things and not other things? You know, that kind of thing. Yes. The, the infamous siesta, which no longer exists, by the way, unless you're on holidays. But anyway, I'll talk about that another day. <laughs> In terms of languages, in your experience, which is easier to learn, Spanish or French, the two you specialise in? Spanish uh, grammar, French grammar is much more complicated than Spanish, absolutely. Mm. And where does Italian stand? Is it more difficult than both of those? Uh, it's, it's one of my resolutions, actually, to learn Italian. I don't speak it yet. Yes. But, uh, in my terms mother, of difficulty. My yeah. mother used to speak it and she spoke yeah. a number of languages and she definitely thought that it was very, much more difficult than French or Spanish. Yes, yes. So Sp- and I trust her. Yes. <laughs> so Spanish is the is the one you specialise in, and yeah. it's a lovely I- introduction. Come back to the adult classes that you're doing. You mentioned Divine Restaurant in Drogheda. If people listening today would love to explore this with you, to explore French or Spanish. Where else? W- what's your plan? Yeah, I, at the moment, I'll be starting that class within the ne- next couple of weeks, depending on the man in Divine. But I also teach uh, children uh, uh, after school. And I also teach them in the community. I'll be starting tomorrow toddlers and uh, children up to five with their parents in uh, St. Fekens, in Term of Fekens GAA Club. Uh, and it's a great fun class because the parents learn with their children. We do music, we do games, we do puppets, we do all sorts of things. And it's great fun as well. And I'll be expanding into other schools as well. And if people listening today wanted to drop along tomorrow to St. Fekens, what time are you there at? I will be there at half ten. In the morning. Yeah, I have a big room. So if there's anybody interested in maybe have a, having a little uh, go, you're more than welcome to join us. So they can just walk in tomorrow and take it from there. Yeah. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Absolutely. It must be great to be able to go to France, go to Spain, come back home here to Ireland or other English-speaking countries and go and just, you know, assimilate, assimilate with the language. It's it's special. It must be for you even. To I, I always, always love languages and I think it definitely opens our mind to other experiences and other cultures and other, and other lives because we don't all lead the same lives mm. and if we don't have a curiosity to learn about other people, it'd be a very boring world we yes. live in, I think, you know. And I love travelling as well. So when you travel and make an effort, I'm sure you see the reaction in people yes. when you go to Italy. If you mm. make a little effort, mm. they will welcome you. With oh, we have the few words, you know, thank you, goodbye 
dry and things like that. Yeah. And they even do appreciate. I know what you're saying. Yeah. When, when we come back to the education system and the way children and I remember the way I was taught French. I did Latin and French and English, uh, you know, uh, in my time at school. And a lot of it, the French especially was taught by rote, if you know what I mean. The way you do it is different. Will you take to a language much better by going your road than rather the the strict academic? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are um, there are reasons why sometimes we need to learn grammar for any language. Yes. And there are reasons why to learn a language properly, you have to go to formal classes to do certain exams, maybe for your career progression or for academic reasons. I mean, there is a place for that. But I think we, what we have forgotten is to have fun when we learn languages. I think fun is essential. And there is another another way of learning languages. If, you, if you're not interested in negotiating a contract in French, for example, if you're just interested in traveling and getting by uh, with some basic uh, high-frequency wording, um, there is there is a place for that. And that's what I'm trying to encourage in this area, that, that don't be afraid of learning a new language. Have fun, have a drink, uh, meet other people that are in the same boat as you, have a laugh. And that's all, really. You, not everybody is going to be yes. bilingual. That, yeah. that, that, that It doesn't matter. Once you have a little bit of an interest, you will have fun learning. And mm. the kids is the same. Some of them might be more, uh, you know, may, may, might be engineers or might be doing something else, you know. But th- there is no harm in, in having a little bit of fun. You what know? about accents and dialects and regions? You know, you know the way it works Absolutely. here in Ireland as well. Yeah, we all yeah. speak English, but yeah. at times if you went south in the country or west, you'd be straining to actually understand what people are saying. If you have a general grasp like you give, will that get you by no matter where you go regionally in France or Spain or whatever? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when when people from other countries see uh, people making an effort, that it's absolutely fine. I mean, I have to admit, when I moved to Ireland in 1998, uh, the uh, Northern Irish accent was a challenge for me. And I, and sometimes continues to be a challenge because I know there are loads of different Northern Irish has, accents. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the beauty of language. I think in, any, in every region or in in every parish even sometimes you speak slightly different you have different words or you use them in a different way Uh, but yeah Absolutely. Uh, the best Spanish, by the way, is in the center of Spain. If anybody's looking for the best Spanish in Spain, is in Salamanca, university town. Beautiful, historic, fabulous place to go. That's the most, the purest. The purest of pure, if you're, if you're yeah. going that route. Yeah. So how do you say, uh, let's do this to sign off in two languages for me today. Will you say to the listeners, thank you for listening to us uh, on the show today and say goodbye. Do that in French first, please. Yeah. Merci beaucoup de nous avoir entendu et uh, un passé uh, sorry and in Spanish as well. Que en paséis un fin de semana muy bueno y muchas gracias por habernos escuchado. Gracias. Thank you so much for giving us the French and Spanish sign off there and I will finish in English. Come back to me on that Italian, won't you please? Thank you so much, uh, Elena Calavia, for joining me today. Lingo Tart, check her out. Uh, Divine and the Feckins all coming your way. Enjoyment in learning languages. It's been great to meet you in person today and I wish you well. Thank you very much, Jerry, for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's reprise our TV theme.
one from my childhood. That is the theme song from Mr. Ben. It was a huge TV show on the BBC many moons ago. And uh, well done to you all who got it right. I was amazed at the number of people who did. Jer Curran, uh, the prize is yours this afternoon for guessing correctly there. And we will bring you another TV theme this day week, please, God. Want to wish a big happy birthday to Anne Bird, my badminton partner of many moons ago. She's a big birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Anne. That comes in from Paddy, your children and all the grandchildren too. Have a great, great day. And I'll tell you, she could still smash a shuttlecock, I'm sure. And she certainly has a dead-eye dick for the putting greens in pitch and putt. That is certain. Great sportswoman, wonderful woman. Happy birthday, Anne. Now it's time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one this week in 2003. At five was One True Voice. Number four, Daniel Bedingfield. Three, Eminem. Yesterday at number two, Louise's favourite song of all time, The Cheeky Girls. But today, it's the Christmas number one from the year before. That's late 2002. It made number one Christmas time. Big Christmas number one. And stayed at number one for four weeks into the new year. So it uh, had uh, been at number one this very week 20 years ago it came from pop stars the rivals that uh, tv show that uh, preceded x factor and it was the girls group who had the hit with it and of course the girls were girls allowed big big one it was for them put them on the map got them going and well the rest is history here it is your number one in the top five countdown this week 2003 it's the sound of the underground Girls Aloud, number one this week, 20 years ago on your top five countdown on Late Lunch. That song was actually offered to Samantha Mumba, who didn't take it, didn't take the option on it to record it. But they are a massive number one for Girls Aloud. And we'll bring you another top five countdown from some year in the past next week on Late Lunch. Final break of the week on the way and afterwards, as is our want each Friday, David Sheehan's joining us to talk sport. It's GA and soccer uh, for David Sheehan this afternoon to run the rule over. Well, we thought we'd be talking about the O'Barn Cup semi-final between Louth and Offaly, but as you've been hearing uh, on LMFM here through the day, the game will not now be played. David Sheehan, welcome to Late Lunch. How are you, Jerry? Well, the O'Barn Cup, nobody wants to play in it, David. No, and no one was thinking of LMFM Sunday Sport when they called that game off now of an hour and a half of a gap to fill in my show, but we'll worry about that in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's become a bit of a farce. I mean, like, look, at the, the fact of it is Loud started all this themselves at the beginning of the week when they refused, or not refused, but they, they decided not to go down to Wexford and to, 
to have that game uh, to give a walkover to Wexford. I know there was talk. I was, I was speaking to a couple of people on Sunday night. There was talk that maybe that game would have been played in Abbottstown. I think uh, there was a possibility of playing it in your neutral ground to save on a bit of travel for for some people. But that didn't happen. That game was was um, was gone. And I think you know Leicester GA themselves this week said that they had no sanctions in place for for teams giving walkovers and that they're going to look at that now. But I think that was the first domino that fell on on Monday, and then we saw. The Kildare Westmead game was was called off because of supposedly a waterlogged pitch. Then um, Leash Carlo went by the wayside. That was supposed to be played this weekend. I think everybody knew it wouldn't be, and it's not going to be played this weekend. And then Liam Kearns, obviously very angry on on Wednesday night after Offaly's win over Dublin and Parnell Park, um, maintained that the integrity of the competition was shot. That Offaly were playing Saturday, Wednesday, and going to be playing again this Sunday. Loud obviously had the week free because they didn't go down to Wexford, so he was annoyed about it. And I think that was the first hint that maybe Offaly weren't going to fulfil this fixture on Sunday and that's what happened they released that statement what around about half 12 1 o'clock and uh, and yeah that game that game was gone so loud on the plus side straight into a, an O'Burn Cup final now they'll play Longford next weekend assuming that no one else withdraws but uh, yeah it's not great at all Jerry, and it's um, it's given the GEA and the Leinster GEA in particular a bit of a headache mm, The integrity of the whole thing I think is undermined at this stage to be honest with you what's happened and it just smacks of counties really saying is this really worthwhile? You know what I mean in playing it. Anyway, during the week, uh, you uh, was it you spoke to Colin O'Rourke? It was Brendan. Brendan, sorry, Brendan Cummins. Our uh, Brendan Cummins spoke to Colin O'Rourke after the midweek game uh, Meath played, and this is what Colin had to say. I think that uh, the league should be starting a month later, and uh, the Sigerson Cup needs to be put before Christmas, and then the competition doesn't start till maybe February of any type. But because I think nights like this is not conducive to playing football, so I would like to see the 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 league the league starting later and uh, the season finishing later. I know that that impacts on clubs, but like the reality is. If you have a an All Ireland in August, twenty eight or thirty teams are gone by July. It still gives plenty of time for for club competition, but I think it's it it, it it's not a good idea playing football in January. There's Colin O'Rourke, the new Meath manager, speaking to Brendan Cummins during the week after Meath's uh, game in the O'Barn Cup. Um, I always felt, David, that Colin was most logical about the restructuring of the game and the competitions here. What do you feel about what he had to say there? Yeah, I think I think you know the, the split season came in like last year was the first year it was in, and the early All Ireland finals, which a lot of people really railed against because you know the September is such a tradition in the GA and and all that kind of stuff. And I think broadly speaking, I'd, I'd certainly be in favour of the split season, and I think it's great for clubs, but it does definitely need to be tweaked. And this situation you have where, and you know, let's take Mead for example. Colin O'Rourke there, I think they they, blooded, they they played 31 players over the course of the three matches. They had several players involved in Sigerson uh, action, Dara Campion being one during the week who was playing uh, with his college, didn't play for Mead. But Mead have that luxury of being able to switch in players in and out. Other counties don't. So if you have a county with a small panel and you've lads involved in Sigerson as well, then you're either overworking the players that you have on heavy pitches in January when the weather is awful, you're picking up injuries, as, as Offaly did during the week against Dublin and Parnell Park, picked up a couple of knocks, hamstrings and whatnot. So I think that's the real reason that Offaly pulled out is the, is the player welfare issue. And, and I think a lot of counties are making their, their, their feelings known on this. There's a lot of 
I think a lot of counties maybe aren't really uh, all about the pre-season competitions. They wouldn't maybe miss them if they went. I know the supporters loved them and there was a huge crowd in Ashburn on a miserable night on Wednesday watching Meath mm. and a good crowd down in Carroll last week. So I think the fans, especially after Christmas, love getting out and watching games. I know I really enjoy it and seeing new players. But I don't know if county managers and players love it, especially when it's running up against Sigerson. So what Colm said there, if you, if you caught it, was he wants to see, he wanted to see the Sigerson being brought back to before Christmas that the O'Byrne Cup would start in February, that the league starts a bit later, the mm. championship therefore starts a bit later. And as he said, it would have a bit of a knock-on effect on the clubs, but he doesn't think it would it would impact it that much. But something's definitely going to have to be done. I think a lot of the counties this week, it's hard to say, but I suspect some of them are maybe just in a, in a maybe in a veiled manner making their feelings known about this competition, pulling out. And as we said, there's no sanctions involved. So Loud were able to give that walkover without, without any real punishment because they were playing in the semi-final on Sunday or so we thought. So, look, the whole thing has kind of come apart really badly at the beginning of the year. And I think going into next year, there's going to have to be a, yeah. a, serious, a serious look at the calendar and, and also around, you know, the squads that are taking part in this competition. Because maybe they just need, if the Sigerson is going on at the same time, maybe Sigerson players that are involved in third level competitions need to be completely detached from the squad until such time as those competitions are yeah. over and then they get into the league we'll see let's see what happens now let's move quickly on to soccer the Premier League in full flight again this weekend and the pick is certainly Manchester United and Man City tomorrow Spurs and Arsenal on Sunday let's talk about the Manchester derby for a start United are a different proposition under the new manager, that is for sure. And City seem to be wobbling a little bit. Does that suggest the red side of Manchester will be happier come uh, the final whistle tomorrow? Yeah, do you know what, Jerry? I'm really looking forward to this one because Manchester United are in such great form. It's at Old Trafford. The place is going to be rocking. City have a pretty good record there. They've only lost twice in the last 10 games at Old Trafford, so they're not going to be too cowed by, by going there. But you know they're 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 in a little bit of a bad run as you would say from city's perspective or certainly by their standards they've won four lost one drawn one in the in the league they obviously were beaten by southampton during the week but i think it's nearly suits city going into this game i won't go i won't say they're they're underdogs going into it but you know manchester united are, are on the crest of a wave at the moment they've gotten rid of ronaldo and all that goes with him and is it any coincidence that the form has picked up and that rashford is banging in the goals maybe it is but mm. i would say not um going to be a really interesting game half 12 kickoff tomorrow uh i i don't know i think city are are gonna are gonna stick it to united tomorrow and, and show them okay. who's boss it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one i really looking forward to it because united are, in, are the best they've been in a long time but i i still think city are going to come away win. with the win there okay spurs arsenal then half four on sunday arsenal going to the great rivals uh, away for this one the pundits are tipping arsenal to win this one i am not so sure awful record away from home against Tottenham Arsenal have they haven't won in the league since 2014 uh, two of the uh, individuals who play that day are involved on Sunday you can have a think about who, who they might be that was a 1-0 win goal from Thomas Rosicki that'll tell you how long ago that My was word. so a long time ago early goal that day um, that's the last time Arsenal won in the league they did win in the um, in the league cup in 2015 Matthew Flamini got both goals so you know you're going back a long way uh, for la- Arsenal's last win at Tottenham uh, Arsenal you know won five drawn one the last six Drew against Newcastle the last day was it was a you know it was a fair enough result probably. Spurs had been struggling, good win over Palace the last time out four nil. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. Uh, it was Hugo Lloris and Mikel Arteta incidentally that were the ones that were involved in 2014. So one on the sideline, one still playing. Going to give Arsenal a, a nod here, Jerry. But again, going to be a cracking game. Going to be a brilliant atmosphere there as there always is. 
Gunners to sneak it 1-0. The dream is the red shorts to win in those two games, United and the Gunners. That's the dream ticket for an Arsenal fan. Oh, sorry, I've just woken up. Anyway, David Sheehan, thank you very much for joining us as usual. Pleasure, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. That's David Sheen, presenter of Sunday Sport, who will be here in the hot seat on Sunday afternoon. That's a lot on late lunch for another week. A big thank you to all our guests who joined us each day. To you, our listeners, we love it that you're there with us each afternoon. Thank you so much to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. <clears throat> except for face masks but leave that one with me leave that one with me anyway Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio and we'll be back please God Monday afternoon at 1.30 have a lovely weekend take care of yourselves and we'll see you then Hold up what was that boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.